We are prepping for EMU in week two, what you need to know about the Eagles, and then we're going to talk about a little bit more, including three players we need to step up in this week. You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. However it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Now, today we are talking about what you need to know when it comes to the Eastern Michigan Eagles, along with talking about three players we need to step up in week two. And finally, what to expect from this Gophers offense in week two is Is it more of what we saw in week one or will it shift to a different approach? We're going to talk about all of that and more. So be sure to follow wherever you get the podcast at Lockdown Golden Gophers and subscribe over on YouTube where I enjoy the community building up. I enjoy the interactions we're getting in the comments. And speaking of interactions we're getting in the comments, I definitely need your help with tomorrow's show. So Gophers fans, if you are listening, I would love if you could drop in the comments for tomorrow questions that you have for this upcoming week's game. Whatever question you have, I'm hoping to cover it on questions of the day for tomorrow's show. So if you have any questions, drop them in the comments below on YouTube. Send them in a DM to at GophersCaneRob on Twitter or email them to LockedOnGoldenGophers at gmail.com. I appreciate you ahead of time. Now, also shout out to the lucky drawing for the winner of the Broken Chair Trophy drawing. Thank you again for donating to a great cause during Rivalry Week. The winner of the mini chair trophy replica signed by Gophers linebacker Cody Lindenberg is Dakota Gopher one over on Twitter. Someone will be reaching out to you shortly this week in order to get that your way. Now, today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code LockedOnCollege for a free water bottle with any purchase. But let's get to it. Let's talk about these gophers. Let's talk about the Eastern Michigan Eagles, and that's how we're going to kick off today's show. Now, 19 of their 33 points in week one, they scored 33 points against the Howard Bison, an FCS uh, HBCU University. Uh, They played them. They scored 33-23 to in the victory over them, but 19 of those 33 points came from special teams. That's 57.5% of their scoring came from their special teams units. And that special teams not only was kicking the field goals, kicking the extra points and whatnot, but they had Eastern Michigan run for a 30-yard punt return, They later forced a safety on a punt, and then they had a punt return touchdown of about 85 yards and a kick return touchdown of 96 yards. That special teams unit was a huge difference maker for the Eagles. Without that, they might have struggled against this FCS opponent. Now, key players on this team include two of their running backs that are more than pertinent to how they like to play football. The first is Jalen Jackson, and the second is Samson Evans. Now, Samson Evans is that kind of RB1 feature for them, but Jalen Jackson does some good work as well behind him. Samson Evans was previously an Iowa running back who transferred prior to the 2022 
COVID season. Now, in 2022, Samson Evans, the running back, had 1,176 rushing yards along with 16 rushing touchdowns. So he can get it done on the ground. He is an impact player for this Eastern Michigan team. Now, the main receiving target who is back for the team is Tanner Canoe. He was a graduate senior this upcoming season. He had about 70 yards receiving in the last game last year. I believe he had 700 or so receiving yards, but he was like the only pass catching option for them in last year's season. And he really is kind of one of the only targets that they have in the past game. Now, what keeps Eastern Michigan interesting, what keeps them a threat is that they have triple option looks with their quarterback who can run and with their two different running backs that they get heavily involved. They have lots of play action, lots of uh, read options. And so there are a lot of different actions and different looks that this team can give. Now, one thing that's a benefit for the Gophers is the fact that they just played Nebraska and Jeff Sims, who threw in a lot of triple option looks and different ways to get their quarterback involved and get the ground game going. So it might have been a nice precursor for Minnesota in preparation for this Eastern Michigan team. Now, the one positive to all of this is that regardless of that quarterback playing with that triple option looks, the quarterback tends to really look down his wide receivers. But again, those triple option play actions and whatnot can help create complexity. Overall, in week one, the Eastern Michigan Eagles were up 30-6 at one point, 30-9 at halftime, but finished the game 33-23. So in that second half, especially in the third quarter, some things started to go awry. Now that they had they had major issues in stopping the run versus an FCS Howard program. Howard ran for 204 rushing yards. Eden James had was 9 for 96. Wheeler was 8 for 67. Hawthorne was 7 for 47 and a touchdown. So three different running backs had about 50 rush yards or more. On top of that, Eastern Michigan had so many missed tackles. We're talking at least 12 missed tackles in this game from many different players. I believe 10 different players were credited with a missed tackle in that game. If you watch the tape back, you were seeing the running backs break tackles left and right on the Eastern Michigan defenders. So that is something that could play in the favor of the Gophers. Now, also outside of the broken tackles, there were many explosive plays given up by this Eastern Michigan defense. We had four explosive run plays, two explosive pass plays. Now, when you're talking about uh, explosive plays, typically it's runs above 15 yards and passes 20 yards or more. Now, when we're looking at the explosive runs, I kind of went with 20 yards just because that that's why you know they're really, really explosive runs. But they had four run plays, 55, 27, 21, and 26 and then two pass plays one of 69 and one of 23 now on top of all of that there sounds like a lot of opportunity for the gophers in this upcoming week but they got beat on multiple screens to the running backs and tight ends that went for big plays so the screen game could be something that gets worked into the gophers game this week now, tomorrow, we are going to talk about the three keys to this matchup, but I wanted to give some background on the Eastern Michigan Eagles and their week one matchup and also give you a taste of kind of their strengths and weaknesses, but we know that special teams is going to be big in this game. That is how they set up their offense and they set up short field yard or short yardage fields is by having 
good special teams. So that is going to be something that the Gophers need to absolutely have together in this upcoming matchup. But next, we're going to talk about three players who could step up or who need to step up and make a big impact for the Gophers in their week two matchup. And then we're going to get an idea of offensive expectations and what those could be versus Eastern Michigan. That is what is coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends at Bird Dogs because to my fellow Minnesotans out there, summer is coming to a close. I know it's hard to settle with. I know it's it's not the greatest of news, but for those of you, most Minnesotans out there, most Midwesterners, we got a good love for the fall season as well, and we're about to hit that brisk but ever so perfect fall weather. And our friends over at Bird Dogs have you covered with the amazing pairs of pants and joggers that are per- they're perfect for the fall. Now these options pair pure comfort with weather appropriate options. I just got my pair of the joggers and let me tell you, I think I might like these pants even better than I liked Bird Dog shorts. And I love the shorts, don't get me wrong. They're comfortable, they're versatile, they get it done and they make me look good. But the pants, folks, the pants, they're still versatile, they still bring you that comfort and it's so nice. To have so bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long but most importantly bird dogs are functional for any occasion whether you be out on the golf course even in those brisk fall evenings or fall mornings on top of that dates uh evenings out fall walks bonfires workouts lounging work and more bird dogs is super versatile and will help you stay comfortable while looking good doing it so go to birddogs.com slash lockdown college or enter promo code lockdown college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order again that's birddogs.com slash lockdown college for a free water bottle at checkout you don't want to miss this opportunity and you won't want to take off your bird dogs All right, Gophers fans, thank you for tapping in. Thank you for making us your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. And if you can't get enough of college football, then you're going to love this. But this season, the Locked On channel is bringing you coverage with our Locked On football live kickoff each Friday on every Locked On network. They go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on every Locked On college YouTube channel. College football kickoff live will cover playoff implications. It'll cover conference rivalry games and go in-depth like only Locked On coverage can. Get the insight from some of your favorite uh, college coverage out there along with the stable of Locked On college hosts covering their team every day. So tap into that on Friday if you need more college coverage. Now, finally, we're going to talk about the three players that we need to step up in week two, and we're going to kick it off with our first player right from the jump. Now, over on YouTube, you'll see it scrolling on the bottom as well, but that first player is Nathan Bow, the center for the Golden Gophers. Nathan Bow has experience, and he has learned behind quite possibly the best center in the country last year and over the last few seasons prior to that in college football, but that was last year and we need him to step up this year into that big role in big expectations now that said week one was a rough go for Nathan Bow, especially in the run game when it came to the pass game he graded out as a 76.8 which is fair and it's pretty good it's above average 
But the run blocking game, he had a team low of 46.8, which is really poor. Now that has to tick up from the center play. It has to get better because that interior play, especially the center, is helping create create the running lanes for our running backs. Now, I asked Coach Fleck about if we would see the same offensive line configuration in week two, and he mentioned that we will see. He also mentioned there were four guys that they feel have solidified themselves as the starter, but there was one guard position still open and up for grabs, waiting for someone to take the mantle and create some separation, be a difference maker. But that also tells you that Nathan Boat is locked and loaded at the center starting position, which we already kind of knew. But we need to we need him to pick it back up. We need him to show the positiveness that we have seen for the past few seasons. In fact, last season in 2022, he played in bits and pieces of 12 different games. He played snaps in each of those 12 games, and he graded as an 83.4 when it came to run blocking. I expect to see Bo to step up and see more of that level of play in the run blocking game when it comes to these non-335 defenses. I think that overall with not having the different looks from the defensive line, not knowing where the pressure is coming from, it's going to take a little bit off of his load and allow him to be more successful. Even looking at last year's games where he did play snaps, one of the lowest ones that he was graded in was that Syracuse game. So clearly the 335 system has been presenting problems for this offensive line. But Nathan Bowe can step up, he will step up, and he is the player we need to step up in week two. Now we move on to player number two that needs to step up, and that is Maverick Maverick Baranowski. Now this might seem a little bit harsh for a redshirt freshman that was thrown in as a starter because Cody Lindenberg was not able to play this past season, or past season, this past week, but overall... Maverick Baranowski did pretty good. He was one of the main communicators on the defense. He stepped into the role and showed out pretty well. I thought he played tremendously well for the expectations that were given to him as a first start, and he wasn't really practicing as that starter throughout the entire fall camp. That being said, Maverick Baranowski missed three tackles in week one, and that has to get cleaned up quickly, especially if Cody Lindenberg is to be out once again. Now, outside of the missed tackles, I think Maverick played a really nice game. He was well in coverage. He didn't give up any receptions. He had one pass breakup. He had four stops, and he had seven total tackles. So overall, Maverick Baranowski played a very good game in week one, but we got to clean up those missed tackles. He was one of very few players that had missed tackles in the first place and one of the only ones to have multiple missed tackles, leading the team in missed tackles in that last game. So if he can clean that up, I have a lot of hope and a lot of promise for this young redshirt freshman linebacker. Regardless, he's going to be involved even if Cody Lindenberg is back out there on the field this week. But Maverick Baranowski, I look forward to him continuing to grow in this linebacker room. Then the final player that we need to talk about who needs to step up in week two isn't just one player, it's a whole room, and that is one of the running backs. We need one of them, whoever it is, it will do, but we need some success in the ground game. Now, we've 
basically already harped on the run game over the last couple of shows now because rightfully so, we struggled on the ground game. But regardless of offensive line play, which should be improved, no longer facing the complicatedness of the 3-3-5 defensive system, these running backs have to find a way to create through the muck. Even if there is that 3-3-5, even if there are complicated blitz looks, the running backs have to find a way to create on the ground even when the run lanes aren't as uh forgivable or aren't as open as we would like them to be now maybe not to the extent that we saw gophers legend mo ibrahim create through basically anything but do something better than last week we have to see improvements even sean tyler's last run of the game was a blip or a flash of brilliance we need more of those we can't just have one we have to have maybe three or four to really help the ground game get respected and open up the passing game now sean tyler will likely be in the conversation based on what we saw from eastern michigan in their week one matchup and based on the number of touches he saw in week one but i think all four running backs could find moments of success in this game like i said eastern michigan really struggled with stopping the run game of howard especially in that second half now with all the missed tackles howard forced Darius Taylor could be a really nice option that could thrive in this setting for this next upcoming game. So those are the three players that we need to step up in this week two matchup. But I also want to talk about how this offense could look in week two. In week one, Minnesota passed the ball 44 times in a one score game. So will we expect that high of a passing volume again in this week and that to continue or do we expect something different? Plus, what is the X factor of this week's game? We're going to talk about that coming up next to wrap up this show. Before we do that, I want to talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel. You can always check out the latest lines and betting lines, odds, and all that more over at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook, and they're helping you get ready for the NFL season as well. Right now, new customers can place a bet of $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who place that $5 bet will also get $100 off NFL Sunday Stick Ticket, which is kicking off this week as the first games go from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. It's an app that's super easy to use, and everything from spreads, player props, and more is what you can bet on. And on top of that, you can go and get your updated numbers for what the point spreads are each and every week. The Gophers are favored by 20.5 points right now against Eastern Michigan, so we'll see if that can come to fruition. But you can visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. Again, $5 bet and you get $200 guaranteed in bonus bets over at FanDuel. All right, Gophers fans, let's wrap this one up. We're talking about what to expect from the Minnesota offense in week two. Now, this Eastern Michigan team is the perfect team for this offense to clean up their play calling, build their confidence, especially in the run game once again. Now, we know this team wants to run the ball still. We know this team wants to get 
some ground game going and some consistency there so it can have more of a balanced attack. But if they can't get it done on the ground, they'll keep throwing it like they did last week. But I don't think that that's the approach that they want to take in this matchup, especially seeing how much Eastern Michigan gave up in the ground game last week. So I look for the Gophers to really lean into the run game this week. Now, last week, Minnesota had 69 offensive snaps and 48 of those offensive snaps were a drop back for a pass. But if Minnesota were to have another 70 offensive snaps in this week to match up, I would anticipate it would be closer to 42 rushing snaps in 28 passing attempts. That's what I'm kind of thinking is what we're going to see in week two. Now, that is quite literally a flip from what we saw in the first week. But why? Why would that happen? Why would I expect a flip from this offense? Well, the first thing is you have to fix the run game and the concept issues that they had in week one. Now, the defense of Nebraska definitely mucked that up and made it harder for the Gophers to get there. They were trying to take away the run game and prove that the 3-3-5 defense could get through big-bodied offensive linemen, and they proved it a little bit. It didn't turn into a victory, but they got the point across. But Minnesota needs to rebound from that. They need to be able to open up some lanes for the runners. And so this is going to be a key week for them to really step that up and show that that week one was more of a fluke than it was the rule. On top of that, reason number two of why they would get to this ground game and flip that script when it comes to the offense is because Eastern Michigan struggled against the run in week one. So why wouldn't you try to expose that even further in week two? Reason number three why I think they will turn to running the ball more is because it will keep the opponent film as bland as possible when it comes to others trying to break down what the Gophers offense looks like. You don't want to put too much tape out there in these early week games, and that's typically why a lot of schools are playing cupcakes, is because they want to be able to get it done with as few plays as possible. Playing some of the same plays over and over, but still finding that success helps them maintain some some of their offense, some extra plays in which they can maybe use to their advantage against other opponents, harder opponents, opponents that maybe they aren't expected to beat. Well, the Gophers have a very big matchup in week three against North Carolina, who will be their first ranked opponent on the season. So it's possible they could be wanting to keep that film bland, keep it on the ground and keep it basic in this week two matchup in order to have not too much film after putting up a lot of passing looks in that first week one against Nebraska. Now, another reason, there are multiple reasons why they'll keep this on the ground. And I think one is to see who can create and make difference making plays as that running back room, as the season continues to build, you want to get a sense for who's really going to take over this running back room and run with it. Who's going to be the difference maker, who is going to be the person that leads that room. And so you need to see it. And this is going to be the first week where we can really hopefully see someone make those flashes and take the next step in the running back room. And then finally, you got to get the offensive line gelling. You got to get them communicating. You got to get them recognizing it on the field, working in tandem and building that chemistry as an offensive line unit in live snaps. So that's going to be huge. And then finally, the last reason why I think they're going to get a lot of the running game going is to set up the play action passing, which this team worked on a lot in fall camp. So all of those reasons are why I think Minnesota's offense is going to flip from what we saw last week. Last week, we saw 48 passes and about 18 running attempts. 
or 21 with the quarterback runs, 21 running attempts and 48 passing attempts in week one. I think this week you flip it and you could see 42 rushing attempts, 28 passing attempts is about where I see this Gophers offense. Now, that is going to be a fun difference in my opinion, and that'll be more of the Gophers football that we are used to seeing. I think time of possession is still going to be a huge factor in this one. And all of that being said, You talk about this point next week when we're going into week three. I think you could see a completely different balance when it comes to that offense once again. So that's going to do it for us on today's show. Tomorrow we are going to be covering the three keys to the Eastern Michigan matchup. On top of that, I need your questions. What are your Gophers questions for the day? What do you want to hear covered on tomorrow's show? I'll need those in the comments below. Send me a DM at Gophers. Kane Rob on Twitter or send us an email at lockdowngoldengophers at gmail.com. I look forward to it. I'll see you then. Row the boat, Sky Imago Gophers. And as always, don't forget to subscribe.